we are still treating prayer 101 prayer 101 part 4 prayer is fellowship prayer is an instruction prayer is service and then we said that praying in tongues is praying in the spirit praying in tongues is to pray in the spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans Can we all turn our Bibles there? You have to follow the reading so you must. When a scripture is open, whether you know it, whether you have read it, before you came to church, it is important you open and follow the teaching. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He said the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be what? Uttered. Uttered. We said there are two things. First of all, the word infirmities should have been infirmity. So it's a singular, not a plural. I've taught you that in Bible study, words find their meaning in sentences they are placed in. It is not that we are rewriting the Bible, no. When you pay attention to what is being said, you would understand that it shouldn't be a plural. Are you here? So, infirmity there should be infirmity. Infirmity, sorry, should be infirmity. And then there are two things we need to look at with that verse. We said, the first is that Paul did not say We know not what we should pray for. Paul did not say, we know not what we should pray for. That is to say, I don't know what I am going to pray about. Sadly, do we not know what we are going to pray about? But if you pay attention to what he said, Naki, please read again. Romans chapter 8, the verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. He says, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So, I must get the understanding of the writer. And he's saying... We know not what we should pray for as we ought to. So it's not that we don't know what we are praying about. It is more of how do we pray about what we are praying about. It is not that we don't know what we are praying about. It is rather we don't know how we should pray about what we are praying about. So you can say Paul is dealing with the how. 
not the what? Is it making sense? Paul is dealing with the how to pray about things more than the what to pray about things. Don't forget yesterday we said because we are new creatures, the pattern of prayer changes. And Paul first showed us a how to pray. And the how to pray, he said you can pray all prayers in the spirit. I take it over again. I said we have learned that because we are new creatures, we are men of the spirit, we are born of the spirit. I'll slow down. I said because we are new creatures, which is we are men of the spirit, we are born of the spirit, the pattern of prayer changes. An unbeliever can pray, right? Can an unbeliever pray? Do unbelievers pray? But can an unbeliever pray in tongues? He can't. So what makes the distinct between me and an unbeliever is that I have another how of praying that the unbeliever can't. Because I am of the new covenant. Am I making sense? Because, of I, because I am of the new covenant, there is a how to pray in the new covenant called praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. There is a how to pray in the new covenant called praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. Are you with me? Am I clear at this moment? That because of who you are, you have a way of praying, a how to pray, that is because of who you are. You are of the Spirit, so you can pray in the Spirit or with the Spirit. And then, we step it a little forward. That the praying in the Spirit, Paul said... One of his advantages is that you may have a challenge that you want to pray about, but you don't know how to pray about it. He's telling you the importance of praying in the Spirit. And he's saying that that how to pray, which is in the Spirit, when you have an issue to pray about, but you don't know how to pray about it. The Spirit helpeth. The Spirit helping cannot be that you are standing still and see the glory of the Lord. No. That scripture is not for Christians. <laughs> so, the Spirit helping is no. He said the Spirit helpeth with our he the translators not Paul used infirmities but what we are discussing 
is a how, not a house. Am I making sense? Why it can't be a pura is that what he is discussing is a singular thing. How I want to pray about the topic is my infirmity. So it can be infirmities. Do you get why I said it shouldn't be pura? Is it making sense? So he says the spirit helpeth in our infirmity because we do not know how we should pray how we should pray. Then we look at the word helpeth. Because they translated to English, they gave us helpeth. For us, helpeth is obuafo. Now, obuafo there, when it comes to a helper, sometimes you can just stand and the helper will be doing the thing. So when you pick the English, you get it wrong. That means there are certain issues I don't have to open my mouth. God himself will pray about it. But God doesn't pray. Prayer is done by men, not God. So the word helped, we said to hold together with, against. The word that Paul used was to hold together with against. So the spirit hold together with against what we want to pray about that we don't know how to pray about. The spirit help together. The word together is key in that thing. So it's a corporate thing. The spirit help together with. I remember those years, um, my pastor used to explain that the same Greek word was the same word Martha used when Jesus was in his house and she was cooking jollof and Mary was not helping. You remember that food story? And Martha came to complain to Jesus. Jesus, won't you let my sister come and help me? That same Greek word, helped, is the same word Mary used. This is, it, 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 it's, it's clearer when you go to Mary's place. Why? Okay, so Mary was first cooking. Uh, sorry, Martha was what? Cooking. And Martha asked that Jesus should tell Mary to come and do what? To come and do what? Help her. Follow it carefully. So it's not Mary who started the prayer. It is Martha who was cooking. Sorry, I, I don't know why I said prayer because maybe I'm teaching prayer. Ma Mary did not start the cooking in the kitchen. It is Martha who started to cook and then comes to Jesus that I am doing something. Please tell my sister to come and help me do what I've already started. So the Holy Spirit comes to help what you have already started. Not that the Holy Spirit begins the prayer. Is that clear? I take it again. I said the same word helpeth is the same word that is used in the Gospels concerning 
met Martha requesting that Jesus should allow the sister to come and what? Help her. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The Greek word for help her can qualify for the longest word in the world. Let me spell it for you. Hey. Let me tell you how the pronunciation is. Pronunciation says soon and ti lamba um s u n a s u n a n t i l a m b a n o m a i I go over again. S U N A N T I L A M B A N O M A I. There's a lambano inside, though. <laughs> Sunanti. Lambano my Ay. Are you here? I said it's the same word that what? Martha used when she was asking Jesus to bid her sister to come and help. Luke chapter 10. Okay, 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she said... Hey, I was right. I can't believe that is the same word. I don't know. I learned this several years ago. I still remember. <laughs> and Martha entered and said... Well, and she had a sister called Mary, mm -hmm. which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, but Martha was cumbered about much serving mm -hmm. and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore. Bid her therefore. That she help that me. That she help me. And that word help is the same greek word helpeth so i'm saying i told you that the 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 meaning of helpeth is what what to hold together with what against so what she says is please tell mary to come and hold together with you know when you are cooking and somebody's helping you cook it. So you are not the main person going to cook the food, but the helper comes to assist to make it quicker and easier. Does it make sense? Except you don't know how to cook or you have not cooked before. But if you know how to cook, you will bear witness that even if nobody's doing it, they are just fetching the water you need for the food. It makes it easier. Whilst you are 
doing this, somebody is assisting you. Okay, you are doing any mommy. The ones they are cutting the onions, you are concentrating on something. It, it the person helps you to get to your place of destination. So he says the spirit holds together with against. So this time it's not food. It's an infirmity called how to pray about an issue. Am I making sense? So when we speak in tongues, the spirit helps. The spirit does not have the challenge. I have the challenge. The spirit helps me on how to deal with what I am trying to deal with. The spirit helps me together. It's not I am going out, you continue the cooking. No. Come and help me cook. It's different from I'm leaving it for you to do it. So it's not you leave it for the Holy Spirit to take charge. No. What you are doing, the Holy Spirit brings you an assistance. He says, how does the Holy Spirit assist in dealing with things that you cannot deal with? Or things that you don't know how, sorry. You don't know how to deal with. How does the Holy Spirit assist? When I'm praying a topic, I don't know how to pray it. He says he does it by what? The Spirit, back to Romans chapter 8, 26. The Spirit helped with our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we as, as we, we ought, ought to. Mm-hmm. But the Spirit itself maketh but intercession the Spirit for us. Itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings. How the Spirit assists is with groanings that cannot be uttered. Groanings that cannot be uttered. Don't forget we are still looking at a how to pray as new covenant. Next point. That means the spirit takes hold together with us in the place of prayer. That means the spirit takes hold together with us in the place of prayer to fill the gaps. That means the Spirit take hold together with us in the place of prayer to fill the gaps to pray as we ought to. I take it again. That means the Spirit take, takes hold together with us in the place of prayer to fill the gap to pray as we ought to. So that gap of how I ought to is what the Spirit comes to assist. It takes hold together with us. Am I making sense? Two things again. One, we do not know what we should. Is that we do not know. Read the verse again. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. For we know not what we, we should, should pray, pray for, for as, as we, we ought. ought. Please notice this. He says, the Spirit helps us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's why yesterday I asked some of you, have you ever experienced groaning before? Have you ever been beaten and they say, don't cry? <laughs> I had a teacher in school, Mr. Gogo. He said, Gogo will beat you and command you not to cry. Because if you hear faith, he will start again. That one is more painful than the kid. Anybody who had had a severe injury before or have been through any form of pain will know what groaning is. I remember one time I went to Leicester Hospital and a lady heard that I was being called a prophet, so she asked that I go and join a couple and pray with them. I said, why? He said the woman has been in this labor should I call labor groaning for more than 24 hours? Hey. That even the nurses were feeling for her. When I got to the ward lane, I was, I nearly lost strength to go and pray for her. Because you could feel her pain. And I was surprised to hear she had been doing that for 24 hours. Hey! 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 Pain. You could feel it in your heart. Some of them, they will tell for me to, for me to. You put them there. Within three seconds, they tell mommy Trasi. They don't know what to do because the pain is uncomfortable. That's why for me as your pastor, when we are praying, you are not even if you are not groaning, you are just walking about. I my heart breaks for you. It's like I'm watching a movie of ignorance. Prayer is not a stroll. Prayer is not something we do casually. Especially when you are speaking in tongues. And you understand you are speaking to God. You can't. You can't just lazy around. So you have to understand that there is a prayer in the New Testament called groaning. And it's something we do when we know not how we ought to. Again, groaning in prayer is when we carry the burdens of, into, the burdens of people into prayer. When we carry the burdens, there's something called burdens of prayer. I'll be teaching you later. So Paul said in the place of prayer, there is groaning. That is, you are uncomfortable. You can't pray for how many hours and you are so comfortable. You are so comfortable. No. 
So there is a place in prayer where there is groaning which cannot be altered. And we said that it cannot be altered. It means it cannot. It means it does not come out in intelligent speech. Cannot be altered means it does not come out in intelligent speech. It doesn't come out in intelligent speech. Is P.C. Nelson one of the experts of languages who help us to understand that word? P.C. Nelson. He's an expert in languages. He helped us to understand the word cannot be altered. He said that the word he says the words that you speak in groaning are not intelligent. They are not intelligent words. They are not intelligent words. The words you speak in groaning, they are not intelligent words. They are tongues, actually. I was going to say they are just like tongues. No, they are tongues, actually. You know, tongues are not intelligent words. That's why 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says no man understands. He says your mind is unfruitful, actually. If somebody speaks intelligent words, you can make sense of it. Even if a child is speaking, you can join one or two together and make sense of it. It doesn't matter how somebody speaks tongues with you. You cannot use your mind to understand. Because they don't make human common sense. You, you, you can't add this word with this word and say it is God. That's why when somebody says that tongues is somebody's language like Spanish or German, something is wrong with them. Anybody who claims to have heard somebody speaking, they are hearing one, one verse and they are picking. By language, everything that is said should be. Sometimes when you speak in tongues, does it not sound as if you are repeating the same thing? So if it is German, which German language is? It is said, it is said, it is said, it is Oh? Okay, let me speak the small... Portuguese, I know. To the bear, 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 to the bear. We are praying that God will raise up men who preach the gospel. To the bear, to the bear, to the bear, to the bear, to the bear. You say, you are speaking in tongues? But the uniqueness of that spirit language that to you, you think you are repeating, but because it's only God who understands. It makes sense to God, to a human being. When people stand up, they are doing foolish men. You say, because you are praying in that, that's why you don't have sense. Foolish man. Are you here? So groanings are just like tongues. You know, there are some folks 
that believe that they are gentle men or gentle women. So when they come to the place of prayer, Christianity shouldn't be aggressive. So they can pray and put their hand in their pocket or put their hand at their waist. Stand there. Some even pray. Last time I saw somebody praying. Whilst we were praying, we were <laughs> Some will tell you they don't believe in excessive Christianity. God is a gentle God. You can even see it in the Holy Spirit. So why is this all this shouting, shouting? God is not far away. He's close to you. You don't need to shout. He can hear you. In fact, he's in you. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Let's see somebody you know God more than. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Wait for them. I'm just trying to let you know. Anybody that tells you that Christianity is gentle, so don't pray gentle, is ignorant. Lady, lady, gentle, gentle in the place of prayer is not accepted. Are you not a person that says, gentle Jesus, make a mind. Look upon the little child, Christy man, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Hebrews what does the Bible say? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. It says what? Ooh, in the days of his flesh. In the days of his flesh. Because when he, when he was writing this, Jesus is already resurrected. So he's telling when Jesus was a human being. When he had offered up prayers, when he and had offered what prayers and supplications, prayers and supplications with strong, with, with strong crying, with strong what crying, with strong what crying, and what and tears unto him, strong crying and tears. I asked somebody, have you ever cried in a place of prayer? Jesus, the Son of God. I don't think God is in you more than him. I don't think you know God more than Jesus. But this Jesus, who says he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Jesus that we all know, he is a gentleman in a place of prayer. In the place of prayer. With strong crying. And tears. Prayer and supplication. What did he do? Unto him that was able to save him from death. Unto him that was able to save him from death. And was heard in that he feared. And of her, and he was heard in that he feared. How many of us? used to feel uncomfortable when somebody is crying and praying. How many of us? Sometimes because of the kind of noise the person is doing, you want to even go to another side so that people won't look at your side. 
How many of you have seen somebody pray and cry, scream? Say, oh, mommy, double bro. Here I did. When the mobile watch it, ah. Ladies and gentlemen, they heard Jesus cry out. They heard Jesus scream in prayer. Screaming in prayer is not odd. In fact, we know hearing you pray is odd. When we have come to a prayer meeting and you are doing, we say, we say, we say, something is wrong with you. Write it in capital. There are patterns of prayer when you are praying, it will call for such emotions. There are patterns of prayer when you are praying, it will call for such emotions the crying, the screaming, the shouting. There are patterns, there are patterns of prayer. When you are praying, it will call for such emotions. Such emotions as strong crying. And don't forget again, Jesus was in fellowship with the Father. Yet, he's screaming, shouting, crying. Hear me, please write again in capital. The place... Please write it this way. In the place of fellowship, he is ministering to others. And in the place, so Jesus, it's a full sentence. Jesus was in fellowship. And in the place of fellowship, he was ministering to others. Because I first said that Jesus was in fellowship. And I said Jesus was in fellowship. And in the place of fellowship, he was ministering to others. That's why you could hear him scream. Because it's a ministration. It's because of souls. And he's, he's praying with tears. With tears means he was crying. And don't forget that prayers are initiated by us. We initiate prayers. Are you here? Note Jesus is praying and crying not because he needs money. Jesus is praying and crying not because he needs money. Jehovah Sharp Sharp. Jehovah Nana, where are you? I have been giving three days, Lord. There's nothing in the Bible called Jehovah Nana. 
Hmm. Are you following me? Matthew 26, 36 and 37. We are going back. You see, when they say something in the epistles, you have to go and find out where. What is he describing? He says when he was in the flesh, they saw him screaming and praying. Matthew helps us. 26. Matthew chapter 26, the verse 36 and 37. Mm-hmm. Then cometh Jesus unto them unto a place called Gethsemane, mm-hmm. and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took him and, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he began to be sorrowful and what? Very heavy. Very heavy. You can write, that means you could see on his countenance that Jesus was sorrowful. That means you could see on his countenance that Jesus, look at 38. Verse 38. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. My soul is exceeding what? Sorrowful. sorrowful. Even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with him. With me. Hold on. Next point. Jesus was not just sorrowful exceedingly. He was not just sorrowful, but he was exceeding sorrowful. He was exceedingly sorrowful. I was at the back watching you when we were praying for your disciples. And I said, look at these people. You come and complain. You, you agonize in complaining than in prayer. And I went there and they didn't come. And I went and called them and they didn't come. When you have to now bring that pain to prayer, you are straying. And I look at some of them and I'm like, look at Wemo. You are praying for a disciple and you are straying. And when you don't get anybody to church, you come and complain. Because what you should be doing at the place of prayer, you agonize out of prayer. If you are not finding disciples, sometimes it's your prayer life. So I prayed. How did you pray? How did you pray? How did you pray? Jesus was exceedingly sorrowful. Not because his girlfriend left him. You are only emotional when you are going through emotional up and down. Jesus is emotional about souls. He's emotional about souls. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke gives another description. Verse 44. Luke chapter 22, the verse 44. Uh-huh. And being in an agony. Being in what? In an agony. Being in what? In an agony. Jesus was in agony. Did somebody beat him? In the place of prayer, Jesus is in agony. Not because somebody beat him. His passion for souls has made him exceedingly sorrowful. 
Enti o di apini si apini ya. Enye bibinti akrenti. Do you labor in that place of prayer for the souls you preach to? Read it. Luke chapter 22, the verse 44. Look at Luke's description. T-N-E, adjectives. And being in an agony. And being in an agony. He prayed more earnestly. He prayed what? More earnestly. So the agony is what he takes to the place of prayer. And he prays more earnestly. And his sweat was. And his sweat was what? As it were, great drops of blood. His sweat was at it was great what? Great drops of blood. Drops of blood. Some of you pray, you don't even sweat. Jesus prays in agony that his sweat was like great drops of blood. We can't even find a line of water flowing on your forehead. Yet you've been praying for how many hours? Because you're a joker. A Christian must pray and sweat. There are certain things we deal with it with every fiber in our body. Being in agony. He prayed earnestly till his sweat was like great drops of blood. Hey. He sweat. They were falling down to the ground. You don't sweat in prayer, yet you can eat You have eaten and you are sweating. Some can even talk and sweat. They are talking and sweating. But they come to the place of prayer and they come and behave like they are gentle girls and gentle men. Hey! In the place of prayer, we must see your earnest praying. If Jesus, the Son of God, write it. If Jesus is the Son of God, and he's praying, and he's in agony, and he's not praying for himself, he's praying for others, if Jesus, the Son of God, is praying, And he is in agony. And he's not praying for himself. But praying for others. When he says we should be fervent in prayer. It means that we have to take it serious. If this is his prayer life. How much more me? If you look in the Bible and look for people who prayed fervently. They prayed and cried. They prayed and groaned. 
people who prayed fervently in the Bible. They prayed and cried. They prayed and sweated. They prayed and groaned. Look at Jesus' prayer in John 17. See, when the four gospel records this, you think it's just, you're just like, hey, Jesus was saying, our Father, who art in heaven. He groans. John 17, 1. John chapter 17, verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to, to heaven and said, Father, the eyes come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Continue, As thou continue. hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou givest me. Cause of time, do verse 9. Do. Verse 9. I pray for them. I, I pray, pray not for, for, the, for them. So Jesus was praying for his disciples. Mm -hmm. I pray not for the world, mm -hmm. but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, as we are. Twelve. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in, in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept, and none of them I, is lost. Twenty. Verse twenty. Neither pray I for this alone. Neither am I praying for this, my disciples alone. Who else was he interceding for? But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. For them also who do what? Believe on me through their word. Anybody who will come to the gospel because of this, my disciples, I'm praying for them too. So praying for disciples was not started by Paul. It is a character they picked from Jesus that he also taught them. And these prayers he prays in agony. He prayed for those who hear the gospel through his disciples. So people you have preached to, you pray for them. And even the people who also hear the gospel through the people you have preached for to. Christian prayers. We intercede for others. When you hear us pray for 10,000 souls, you don't understand. It will happen. If it doesn't happen this year, it will happen next year. So we pray for them that hear the gospel through us and them that will hear the gospel through them and then that will hear the gospel through them, that through them, that through us. Are you hearing? So we don't pray for souls and put a hand in our pocket. The reason Jesus is groaning is that 
as he is praying, what is dear to the father hits his heart. As he is praying, what is dear to the father? What is dear to the father souls? Jesus is always moved with compassion when he sees the souls. He says he was moved with compassion. The man is real ho. It's Matthew 9:36, sorry. Matthew chapter 9, the verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because what? They, they fainted, fainted and they were and scattered abroad as if they have no what? A sheep having no shepherd. They don't have omuni for they don't have a pastor. They don't have anybody training them. So what moved Jesus was souls. Lost souls. If you're a Christian and in a place of prayer, lost souls don't move your heart. Check yourself. It is what is dear to the Father that hits his heart. That's when he begins to agonize. When what is dear to the Father hits your heart, you would agonize. Because prayer is a place of fellowship. Whilst we are praying, we are fellowshipping with the Father. You will come to sense what is dear to the Father's heart. And when that hits your heart, you will begin to agonize. When I see people smoking, wayward, people talking, there is no God, no matter what. The Bible says the prince of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. That the light of the gospel will not shine unto them. have to pray for people to come to the saving knowledge of the truth. Saving knowledge of the truth. That's why we pray. In the place of prayer, we share burdens. In fact, we share burdens of others. In the place of prayer, we share burdens of others. That's why I asked yesterday, how many of you have felt that before? You are praying for people, and their pain, you start feeling it on you. Their pain, you start feeling it on you. In the place of prayer, we share burdens. The reason we share burdens in the place of prayer is because prayer is a ministry. If all your prayer is about yourself, then you're a baby Christian. If all your prayer is about yourself, then you're a baby Christian, sister. 
Some people, if their prayer was on witches, won't get seat. You have to face canopies outside. If we're going to talk about, we are praying so that whoever have stolen our property, they will bring it. Ah. Fabra, 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 Fabra. They wake up and break curses and deal with witches with radio pastors. Commanding their whatever. And all the prayers are material things. Anybody that has stolen your destiny, stolen destiny, every day you are collecting your destiny that has been stolen. Is your destiny false that they sell in Mokora? Every day your destiny I now call In fact, how many destinies do you have? That it keeps being stolen. Almost, And these are the prayers that move people. Some will do all night with such things. And when we wake up at 4.30 to pray, that one they won't pray. Because our own is not hot. Yeah, just share with souls. We are claiming what the devil has said. I'll say, we are praying for utterance. Everyday utterance. When will we go to our mother's village? <laughs> As Chris said, he went to a church. As a first timer, when you come, one of the things they used to entice you is you have to write your prayer request. So he was in the line, and the guy said, Yes, your prayer request. So he wrote Ephesians 1 16 to that the eyes of his understanding will be enlightened. Then he wrote <laughs> Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Utterance. Then the guy said, Master, I told you to write requests. You are writing scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, that's my request. Say, Master. Then he calls another person. The person has written, I want house. I want car. I said, that's prayer request. Go and learn. <laughs> in our church of scriptures. We see your prayer request our church of scriptures. First is the Lunar chapter there. The word of God will have a few course. Are you the word of God? Because in his mind, prayer is all about you. Prayer is what? All about you. Do you know? And they don't pray with scripture. Because I ask somebody, all these things you are saying, which verse of scripture? I was telling somebody that, strangely, do you know that if they want to kill anybody or justify killing people or praying against, they can't find any verse of scripture in the New Testament, not even Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They have to go and look for Exodus, Deuteronomy. Now you put Paul aside, at least in the four Gospels, which Jesus was still under the law. There is no verse of scripture that talks about praying against anybody. So where did we learn it from? Not even one. Not even one scripture. Talks about you praying for something evil to happen to somebody. 
and yet it's a very main prayer topic. That's not prayer. If your prayer life is all about you or your problems, then the devil has gotten you where he wants you to be. If your prayer life is all about you, then the devil has gotten you where he wants you to be. Jesus shared burdens in prayer. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Jesus shared burdens in prayer. Everybody turn to Colossians 4 12. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Uh-huh. Epaphras. Epaphras. Who is one of you? He says Epaphras is also a Christian like you. A servant of Christ. Uh-huh. Saluteth you. Uh-huh. Always laboring fervently. He is always doing what? Laboring fervently for, for you, you where? In prayers. In prayers. That ye may stand perfect and complete. Please, the word laboring fervently means he was working with energy. Laboring fervently, praying with energy, not strolling in a time of prayer, standing at one spot as if you are a, you are a pillar. Oh, I'm not praying. My mouth is moving. Epaphras was laboring, working hard. You could feel. There are motions in prayer. Look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. I'm closing. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians 4. 19. Turn your Bibles there. Galatians 4 verse 19. Paul. Paul. Who is a revelator of the New Testament man. Look at what he said. He says what? My little children. My little children. Of whom I travail. In whom Beth I do what? Travail. I travail. Me dear opinion. In birth again until Christ be formed Until in Christ you. be formed in you. So my disciples, I labor in a place of prayer. Till I see you committed. Till I see you come for prayer meeting. Come for fellowship meeting. Come for every service. Without me calling you on the phone. Or selling you a test. Or enticing you with something. If you come to church, I'll give this. I labor. I travail. Fervently in prayer. So stop complaining and travail. Stop giving excuse to pastor. Pastor, it's not easy. Do you travail? Do you travail after you preach to the person? Do you travail in prayer? Whom I travail? When you see people do what they are not supposed to do, your grace is not to criticize, it's to travail for them. He says, I travail that Christ is formed in you. You pray to see the Christ life life in people. Not complain and criticize. 
Sometimes what you are criticizing people about, you are aware of it. Hey, my disciple, hey, my disciple, hey, my disciple, you do same. Or you did worse. Whom I travail that till Christ. So there is a place of prayer we pray in agony. There is a place of prayer we pray in agony. So we pray the how of the New Testament. We pray in the spirit and sometimes we pray in agony. So it's not always we pray in agony, but we pray in the spirit in tongues. And sometimes in the place of prayer, the mood changes. You are praying, Uben once said, nothing has happened, you have heard nothing. But all of a sudden, your mood in the course of prayer changes. As a wasisan gear. As a bibia bow, so something is like something has come over you. Your mood all of a sudden changes. You sometimes have you ever prayed and felt aggressive before? And sometimes you don't even know how and why you started being aggressive. But it's a place of prayer where moods change. When you are in agony, when you carry the burdens of people, when things don't sit right in your spirit, when things must change, our mood change in the place of prayer. You just came from prayer. Sometimes you can notice somebody is coming for prayer meeting by the way their hair is looking. You are coming for prayer meeting all your makeups are still intact. Your hair is where it is. No, no, no. Aka, aka, aka. <laughs> and when I said, I just remembered a lady I saw praying. People pray and their wig come off. I'm serious. They don't care. In a place of prayer, your mood changes. Not because you heard any news. Sometimes it is because you feel some urgency in your spirit. In the place of prayer. There's an agency in the spirit. SBBC. Something must happen. And that's what we call prayer shifting to ministry. When prayer shifts to ministry, when prayer shifts to ministry, where you are laboring for others, the mood change. We're going to pray this morning.